Hey, welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. <laughs> I'm your co-host, DK Wimmer. You seemed really surprised, but yet it's like I was looking at you. Like, are you ready to go? You looked confused by what was happening. And hello, E.K. Wimmer. I am Mariah Rose. I would argue you looked confused by what was happening. Your confused face confused me. Okay, well, that's confusing. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to this podcast. We discuss things from the 80s, and mm-hmm. this week we are going to be discussing a very special movie from the 80s. Is it special? Oh, do you have to ask yourself that again? Hmm. Hey, Mariah, I have a question for you. Yeah? Is this movie special? I don't know. <laughs> is it? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> okay. All right, well, before we get into it, have you gotten any thrift store finds? I have some odds and ends, but today I was uh, looking through the linens, which I, which I rarely do, and I found two bedspreads, and they were amazing. They're like black and white patterned. One of them had sort of cats with yellow eyes. Yeah, they're like, very 70s looking. Yeah, they're super cool. And I don't know what the story was. There were no tags. And I kind of feel like there were big sheets sewn together by some sort of <laughs> warlock. I don't really know cool. what the story is, but I loved them. So I bought them both. Nice. Yeah, I felt good. Yeah, and you made that story more interesting by including a warlock. Ah, uh, well, I just wanted to pique your interest. Oh, warlock's a 90s film, isn't it? Dang it's it. It's gotta be, right? With Julian Sons. <laughs> <laughs> what if he did a movie with Alan Rickman? Oh, well, that can't be done now, but it would have been amazing. It would have been dueling um, muffled voice. It would have been like, hello, everybody. I'm Alan Rickman. And then Julian Sands would have been like, I know Alan Rickman, but I'm Julian Sands. I don't want to watch that. That makes me feel crazy. Although I will say I've heard an interview with Julian Sands and uh, he has one of the a most amazing voices to talk, like to listen to. Really? Yeah. Alan Rickman's got this goofy, like. Uh, frog voice, but no, no, it's great. I like it, but it's Alan Rickman is a gem. Julian Sands would be on my top three of people to do like books on tape. Oh yeah, like he's got an amazing voice. Yeah, the books on tape world's a whole different market. Yeah, how, how do you really, get in on that? He needs to get on that. He could be milking it right yeah, now. He probably is. All right. Well, I'm glad we discussed him so much. Okay. What about you? What did you <laughs> find at thrift stores? I had a pretty good find this week. I found. Um, Something I've been after for a long time, I found two other releases of it on VHS, but never the original one, Mm -hmm. which I've been wanting, is the Coen Brothers' very first movie, Blood Simple, Mm -hmm. which is a really cool, like, noir thriller, Mm -hmm. but set in in the West, you know, in, like, Texas, small town. Yeah. Did you know they actually made a sequel to it? Oh, you're already laughing. Okay, what? What is it? Blood Complicated. Sorry. It's like that SNL skit where there's the Bon Jovi cover band, but they're uh, John Bovey. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, I found uh, Blood Complicated on VHS, Mm -hmm. and it was the original MCA release. I was was very happy about that because I'm a Coen Brothers fan, and that's probably one of my favorite films they've ever done. And I watched it right away. I haven't seen it in probably 15 years. Yeah, we haven't seen it for a long time. Man, is it good. college. I, there's something about a director or directors coming out and just right out of the gate with their first film as a as a statement, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would say there's a good reason why the Coen brothers have had a very long career is Blood Simple is a really fantastic debut film. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I found that. But then the big one was uh, a new cassette player, like a really nice one, mm-hmm. um, for seven ninety nine. And my other one was giving me a little bit of problems with rewind and fast forward, so I got this new one, cleaned it up, and it works well, and I'm very happy. You know, I think our listeners don't understand your attention to detail with cleanliness. It is like <laughs> cotton swabs, Q-tips, alco- like rubbing alcohol. Not yeah. like you need a drink while you're doing it, but like you're using rubbing alcohol and like digging in the crevices. Yeah, it takes very little time and effort, but it makes a huge difference. You are, yeah, you're a minute detail person and I'm a big picture person. Like, when we clean the house, (laughs) you're like, I'm going to worry about this one crevice here that has some dust in it, but it's a complicated procedure. And I'm like, I'll just clean the house. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you'll spend six hours. <laughs> I'm like the surgeon and you're like the sandblaster. Oh, ouch. No, like the sandblaster is more efficient in a larger space in a quicker time. Uh-huh. And I'm like doing brain surgery on one little dirty part of the house. You're really painting yourself here as a master. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> and I'm just a plebe over here. <laughs> Anyway, those were my finds. They were fun. We've had a good week of thrifting. Yeah, it's been pleasant. Yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of pleasant, let's talk about this really great what? film. <laughs> pleasant. <laughs> this is pleasant. That's your segue? Sure, it is. I always wait for your segue. Like, how is he going to bri- make this bridge between our thrift store and whatever it is You know, some about. weeks it's great. Some weeks it's not. Sometimes my segue just is like Paul Blart comes in and, and does some cool loop-de-loops. <laughs> Other weeks, my segue goes right over the cliff. Okay. I would say today was Paul Blart doing a a loop-de-loop over a cliff. I'd say mine was Paul Blart, like, cruising high speed and then sliding right at the edge of the cliff. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Living dangerously. All right. Uninvited. Wow. I don't know. I'm hoping people have seen this because it is really fun. It's a... An interesting watch from 1987. Mm-hmm. Again, we've been doing 87, kind of late 80s. Well, we always do late 80s. What am I talking about? It's because early 80s is a lot of 70s spillover, and we don't know what to do with that. Right. Which is interesting, because I don't know if I would describe a lot of early 90s as late 80s spillover. Oh, for sure. You think, think about so? Think about our high school yearbook. It was in the 90s, and all of these chicks had enormous bangs. I actually moved to New Mexico in the early 90s to go to high school, and I was like, why Why is this still happening here? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, there is. I think there's spillover in every decade. I think you spend five years recovering from the previous decade. So then... If that's the case, mm-hmm. five to nine of every decade is really your golden era. Yep. Which I would agree. We're mm-hmm. an 80s podcast, and I would say, you know, almost 100 episodes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The late 80s is much more, um, like, typical 80s that you would expect yeah. than early 80s. There are definitely early 80s movies, you know, or events or whatever, but I would say 85 onward is where you're like, ah. We've hit the sweet spot. Yeah. You know what? Um, This is a sweet spot. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we're a little divided, but... um, I think it's a sour patch. But I think that at the end of this film, we'll see your true colors come out. All right. We'll see. How about this? What if right now you are like a normal cat reflecting (laughs) on this film? But by the end of the film, what if... Just imagine there was, like, a cat living inside of you as a cat. Mm. And it bursts out to just take on the world. Mm. That's going to be your your take on this when we're done. Let's see. I'm putting my money down. Put put those dollars on the table. (laughs) Okay. Dollars are down. Uninvited. 1987. Directed, (laughs) written by Graydon Clark, who you would know. Well, actually, he did a a film I really want to get called Dark Future. I still haven't seen it, but I'm after it. He did a you know cheesy '80s one called Joysticks. He's done a, a ton of stuff. Joysticks. Oh yeah, it's like um you know a sex comedy. Oh for sure. Not my, my not my bag, but some people liked it. And then <laughs> another one called Satan's Cheerleaders, which I used to have and I traded off. But you know he's just he's definitely done his time. Okay. This is probably not his shining moment, but for me, it's probably my favorite film that he's done. (laughs) If that says anything. I think it does. Starring George Kennedy, which I am not going to go into his credits because there's like a quabillion. Oh, yeah. Just IMDB him and go, holy smokes. Okay. Or just look at his face and go, yeah, that guy. He's that guy from all of those movies. Name one, you can't. (laughs) Except for right now, The Uninvited. But I will talk about a supporting cast, uh, Clue Gulliger, who is from Return of the Living Dead and Nightmare 2. Like, Ooh. he's he's more—he's the guy who um, can't swim. Oh, Albert. Yeah, Albert. Yeah. He's more of like, I don't know, he, he plays a—he's like Buck Flowers from the 80s, too. There's these, like— Who's Buck Flowers? He's from all the John Carpenter films. Oh. He's just—there are these guys who just floated around in all these cool movies who never, like— had a lead role, but always just... They never floated to the They surface. were a great supporting cast, and okay. he's one of them. 
And we'll talk about some others as they pop up. It, is it Uninvited or The Uninvited? No, The Uninvited is a totally different film. Okay. Uninvited. Uninvited. Totally um, totally different. Totally different. You do not want to get confused. <laughs> what a faux pas. <laughs> or you will be uh, really disappointed if you're looking, looking for The Uninvited. <laughs> We have a VHS copy of this. I actually have a screener copy that didn't have a cover. So I found the cover, printed it out, made my own. But Oh, yeah. Because the cover. I feel like if you own this film, you have to have the cover. We should also say that, so every week when we are trying to decide what to do, you kind of give me a stack of ones that you're interested in. And it's for true. a year straight, I have just slid uninvited to the side unwilling to watch that and then finally it was you mentioned it again and i was like yeah you really caved on this one i think i don't think i'm exaggerating i think uninvited is probably the the oldest film that i have tried to push for this podcast like it started with like episode one basically and it's gone on it's been a lot of (laughs) it took you this long easily sliding it to the you did Two David Pryor films in that time before Uninvited. That's dark. Yeah. Why is it dark? Because you like Uninvited so much? Because I don't care for David Pryor so much. Well, like 80s hair, I'm teasing out the truth about the way you feel about this film. Okay. You ready to get started? You ready to take a cruise? Um, yeah, but first, we gotta stop at the lab, obviously. Oh, hell yeah, we do. Okay, so we have some vets slash scientists. I don't know. They're somewhere in between. <laughs> they are, they're looking at an x-ray of a cat. Is that what it is? Oh, that makes more sense. Yes, actually, let me enlighten you here. Because okay. one of them goes, is that a tumor? And the other goes, is that a teratoma? A teratoma is a growth, I think it actually is a type of tumor, but it grows like hair or teeth. So every so often you'll see like some person and they have an enormous tumor and it's cut out and it's like grown some teeth or like a finger or whatever. It's just a weird growth. Oh, it's not like a full, not like basket case where the like a head forms on the side of your body. No, it's like inside of you. So like they cut it out and it's oh, grown. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's grown something. Although it kind of made me think of uh, that X Files episode, the where it's like a circus freak and he has the like conjoined twin that explodes okay. out of him and kills people and then crawls back in. Oh, well, it's kind of similar to Basket Case, except he doesn't go back in. And similar to this. So anyway... (laughs) Oh, actually, yeah. Super similar to this. Exactly. So one of them suggests a teratoma. And as they were talking, I was like, do they even know what a teratoma is? (laughs) And I think actually they they did. Okay. They did their research, clearly. I think that they're implying that this teratoma has... This tumor, teratoma, has grown into something more. And that's why they want to inspect it okay but they created this yeah it's like a scientific experiment because they created the thing within the thing yeah they mumble some stuff about radiation a couple times (laughs) sure well it's the 80s so (laughs) all you need to do is go teratoma check radiation check put your hands together let's see what we come up with here you know what this would be a good double feature with which is not 80s and i'm sure we've mentioned this a billion times Mm -hmm. because we keep trying to will it to be 80s and it's not Mm -hmm. the boneyard the poodle one wouldn't this be a fun double feature yes well i mean the boneyard's better sure so you'd have to watch this strong first yeah Yeah. you'd watch this and then the boneyard yeah like this would be what you put on when you're waiting for people to come and when everybody's talking oh but when everybody's local band ready Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boneyard would be the feature. Okay. So they bring in the cat and they're going to operate on the cat. It's this adorable ginger cat. It is really cute. It's so cute. It's so precocious. It's ready to party. All star. And they bring it in. They're getting ready to operate. It's wide awake for some reason. And they're like, I don't know. I've never put a cat under sedation. I don't know. They're very confused about the process. So the cat escapes because they're idiots. And they are like, code red, code red. And the cat bolts for it like it knows what's going to happen. And... 
everybody freaks out. There's a man who's suddenly in a silver suit. He's trying to get there and tranquilize it. Well, there's one thing we know for sure. What? Cats the cat's out of the bag. bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, they try to lock down the facility. Uh, some Something shorts out. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I have to stop you there. Oh, okay. We have to start bringing this up right away. Uh, we need a clip because oh, there are only like two cat samples. <laughs> this entire film, not just this scene, this entire film. Mm-hmm. And they don't even try and disguise it by like speeding it up or slowing it down or changing. Oh, yeah. It's just the same thing. And this is what it is. This is, We hear this the whole film. Same meow. When this the is- shot is of the cat with its mouth not open, this is what's playing. <laughs> Honestly, I like it. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. You know it. what? Just force that sound. It works. So the cat m- escapes. It's in, what is it, a parking garage? It's like running along a beam back well, and forth. get its first transformation in the stairwell. Oh. It's going down and they're trying to tranquilize it. And No, I love this. They don't waste any time giving us what we need to see, which is, okay, if you've seen this movie... This is why you love it. If you haven't, here's what you're in for. Spoiler alert. You've had, again, like every film from the 80s, like 30 years to find this one. Catch up. So, yeah. Here's the mustard. So, (laughs) (laughs) the cat has a cat living inside of it. It's the teratoma. The radiation made it come to life. And when it gets angry... Although we'll have to talk about this because I was very confused. It seems to be selective on when it wants to allow the killer cat out. Cats are selective, though. Cats like some people and bite others. Oh, I never thought. Dude. If it were a dog, it would just be like friendly. And then the other dog would barf out of its mouth and be friendly, too. Yeah, you just um, uncovered like some depth to this film. I know. It's like petting a cat that I'm loves you. I'm like a you. psychologist. And sometimes a cat scratches you and sometimes it doesn't. Imagine, though, instead of scratching you, the cat started with a hairball. Only the hairball was another cat. <laughs> but like a, a cat that also looks like a rat beaver. You know this was originally supposed to be a rat movie? What? Now, I have a question. Are you serious? Dead serious. Do you think they made a rat prop and they're like, just have it come out of the cat? I want to know if the rat came out of a cat or if it was a large rat with a small rat in it. Because a rat coming out of a cat makes me love this even more. Because imagine if there was a giant dog. But later it is a cat. (laughs) So we know it's a cat and a cat. It's like a Russian nesting doll cat. Yeah, but what if there was a dog that puked out the cat, and then the cat puked out the rat? So next, we're in a parking garage. Yeah, we are. Cat within a cat is... Oh, it climbs back in. Being adorable. Yeah, it like it scoots back down its throat, I guess. Where does it live inside the other cat? Who knows? Which, when you see the cat running around, that other cat couldn't fit in there without its belly being like huge maybe it's just wearing a skin of the orange tabby cat and sometimes that's pulls not, it back like a no, costume that's not what's happening and it's like hello although the cat changes size multiple times in this uh-huh. movie they weren't they weren't like settled on what size this cat was doesn't matter there's an orange tabby running along some beams while scientists hunt for it. Oh, and we get another kill scene in the garage. And this, I love this one because it's like a 1950s like creature feature. Yeah. Because it's the silhouette yes. of the cat and then the other cat coming out of the mouth of the cat. Yes. <laughs> while the guys are like, ah! Oh, man. Yeah. It's Shadow good, isn't it? are good, yeah. Like, and, really good. Oh, and there's also a peekaboo sunroof kill. Is there? Yeah, the cat's in a sunroof and it's like peekaboo and comes out <laughs> and kills him. And then the cat escapes. Okay. Let's let's move forward to spring break. Oh, we need a couple babes to make this film like turn up a notch. Yeah, but wait. Let's I'm going to set the scene for you. Okay. Let's put two sexy 80s babes in bikinis. Yeah. Let's put gigantic t-shirts on them. Then pretend we're Edward Scissorhands and just slice at their t-shirts. I would, uh, and rather than reference that, I mean, that's the perfect reference, but I would keep it 80s and say it's like they're Def Leppard fans because (laughs) do you remember the lead singer of Def Leppard's pants that were like cut all the way down in these slashes? That's like totally on trend right now. Yeah. 
that's what they did with their shirts, which made me immediately think these chicks listen to Def Leppard, no yeah. doubt. Well, and one of them, like, it looked cool. Like, she had it oh, yeah. sliced and it was together. And the other one just had, like, a big chunky flap that was waving in the breeze. I think they asked the actresses. They're like, just quick, because we need to see your bodies under this. So do whatever. Yeah, it's like one escaped Freddy Krueger. <laughs> the other went to a Def Leppard concert. Yeah. And they reconvened at a hotel. Yeah, so they're on, I guess they're on spring break, though they never talk about having, like, being college students, and they don't behave like they've ever been to a college. No, when we meet the rest of our cast, it's clearly college. Yes, these girls, not so much, but they're at spring break anyway. They go into a hotel with no real plan beyond that they're cute, and they're (laughs) about to be kicked out when the hotel owner, whose name is Walter, he's like, no, no, they're with me. These two girls in ripped t-shirts and bikinis, and he's going to take them to dinner. This is their plan through the whole film, though, is like if they're just cute and sexy, they can get whatever they want, and they exploit it at every turn possible. Look, okay, as a woman in this world, first of all, yes, that works. Second of all, you gotta. (laughs) The world doesn't give us any favors. Yeah, and what happens when you do that? Uh, Well, you end up being killed by a cat in a cat. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, they're in a hotel now. Walter takes them to dinner. The cat's outside now in a bush. So I guess the cat was also in Florida. They're in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Sure. They they later talk about that. And the girls get get themselves invited to a yacht party. (laughs) Yeah. We don't ever actually see this yacht party, but there's a lot of time. I wonder if that scene was cut. I think it must have been. Yeah, it was weird to build it up and then it just is the next day. Yeah. So actually, Walter is pulled from this dinner party by a guy named Mike and his, I guess it's their like henchmen. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, Clue and George Kennedy. So this is where they come out. And Mm -hmm. it's like the three of them are in cahoots and they're doing clearly something that they shouldn't be doing. But we just haven't discovered it yet. I don't think we ever really discover it. So they're having a a meeting with a third or a... A guy, he's got like black hair. Daryl. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, on a yacht. Yeah, they're on Walter's yacht, and they're they're bribing him first. They're like, here's a briefcase with a million. Here's another briefcase with a million. Here's another briefcase with a million. Would you, okay, question, because this will come back at the very end. If you opened a briefcase full of cash, mm-hmm. would you know right away, like a, like count the marbles? Would you go, this is a million? No, I'd be like, is there enough to pay off my student loans? <laughs> the answer would be no. Never. <laughs> Give me 50 briefcases, please. Yeah. If it was like, hey, if you open this briefcase, there'll be enough money to pay off your student loans and you'd open it and it would just be a jack in a box with a hammer that would hit you on the head and laugh and then go back in. I'd cry so hard. <laughs> just endless tears. Okay. Well, these guys are messing around with this guy. We get a little bit of a back plot about how they're doing like tax evasion. Yeah. They're telling him like, I guess they've been in cahoots with each other and they're like, don't talk to the SEC. Yeah. And then they end up just murdering him in the jacuzzi, mm-hmm. which makes me ask, why didn't they need to show him the cash in the first place? I don't know. Why they were going to just... kill him anyway. What was the point? It was a waste of money. Like, this is a really good film, and this is the one scene that made me question, <laughs> like, like, this is just lazy writing right here. Mm, just the one incidence of lazy writing. Okay, well, let's get to the truck. That's where I want to jump to. Okay, yeah, they drowned that guy in a hot tub. Bye-bye. Meanwhile, we need to go back to the star of this film. Okay. Which is the cat. Yep. And the cat has now made its way to a gas station. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. And there are some thugs who decide to, well, they're like hick thugs. Well, there's a guy who feeds the cat. He sees the stray. He starts feeding the stray. Which is the first time we see that the cat doesn't have to attack everybody, just who they choose to attack. It's enjoying the attention and the free food. Right. So then these like um, hillbillies come up and they're like, hey, and then they steal the truck, Mm -hmm. but not before the cat is really stealthy and jumps into the back of the bed without them seeing. Cats are sneaky. They are sneaky. So it jumps in. They're driving down the street in the stolen pickup, and they're like, yay. And then the cat alters its size by, like, times ten and becomes basically, like, a a mountain lion. Well, also, it's mad because 
they stole the truck. I think they also, in front of the cat, hit the dude who had been feeding them, and I think he's the owner of the truck. That's what made the cat want to chase him down for yeah. vengeance. I, I think it's because they hit him, not because the cat cares about stolen trucks, because I don't think cats care about No, that the cat was out for, like, to make it right. Yeah. Uh, it has a conscience. Cat who's going to balance those scales. Yeah, and it jumps into the truck, and then it morphs. This was definitely not intentional, but the cat's size changes dramatically. Yep. I read in the fun facts, but I didn't um, I didn't rewind it to see that you can actually see the puppeteer's arm in this shot. I feel like I'm that's I'm going to say, yeah, I believe that mm-hmm. one. I don't need to actually double, yep. double check it. And it attacks them, kills them, and the truck, you know, crashes. It goes, like, off of, like, right before a bridge and rolls, like, a thousand times. And as you watch it roll, there's nobody, very obviously, nobody inside. <laughs> nope. And then we cut to, this is weird, we cut to um, the two chicks, the babes, and they've met this group of guys, these college students. Spring break dudes, and that's, they're like, we're in Fort Lauderdale, we got a party, so that's, this is finally where the scene is set, because you're kind of like, where are we? Yeah, it makes no sense up till this point. And right. then and from here on it makes sense. This is weird, because the chicks are like, we don't know these three strange men, but mm-hmm. hey, we're going on a yacht for like a a long time mm-hmm. to the Cayman Islands come with us and then they're like yeah this is a great idea well no but one of the girls says we're going with Walter whatever his last name is and the guy Corey is his name oh yeah he's of course his name is Corey he's <laughs> like talk about wait Corey later. Walter so and so the famous rich dude I gotta meet him cause he's gonna help me in my own career yeah he's been on like the cover of all these magazines so Forbes. I'm gonna go. I think he just said Forbes that's the only magazine I heard yeah but we get one later and I think it's like money or something like that <laughs> <laughs> but he gets on there. So they're going to walk towards the yacht. So this this woman is already crashing the party with three... Strange... Two women. It's Suzanne and Bobby. Right. Well, sure. But it, I'm focusing on her because she, in addition... Who's her? Um, Suzanne. The blonde one? Yeah, because in addition to saying like... I guess it's Bobby that really does invite the three on. Bobby's the curly one. She's the crazy one. No, they're both crazy. Bobby's the curly one. Right. And she's the smarter of the two. Well, that's that's what's suggested. But and then, um, but Suzanne on the way with now bringing three guys who were not invited into this yacht party for a billionaire. Yes, and this is the second yacht party. There had been one the night before that mm-hmm. is alluded to. The second one now, I guess they got an invite. Now they're coming with three male guests. Suzanne. Also, while she's trotting off with these guys to invite them to the yacht party, mm-hmm. here's a cat in the trash, opens it up and says, you're my cat now. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're coming on the yacht with me. It's so this- not even in a trash can. It's in a like a box with ropes, a box that you would have to lift up to get into. So somebody set it in there or the cat now has opposable thumbs. Yes. Okay. So this guy, clearly who owns the yacht, Walter, is like a despicable human. We'll find out. But if you owned a yacht. Mm-hmm. And you just met these two babes the night before, and you're like, you know what? Just come onto the yacht because we need a cover for mm-hmm. our grand scheme of hiding money. Yeah, that's also we should let's pause before okay. you continue. Walter wants these ladies to come along with him to the Cayman Islands because he's doing some sort of tax evasion. I'll get to it real quick. They want to go to Grand Cayman and open up a bank account and deposit all this money. I think it's the millions of dollars that they were showing the guy they killed. Oh, I thought they were getting the money out. No, they were just talking about lots of money. So I think there was other money also, but they, okay. uh, they're they very concerned about these briefcases of money in addition to, I think, other money. They're but, going to get money because he keeps talking about how once we get there, we're going to have more money than we'll ever imagine. Well, I think they're worried about the SEC taking the cash that they currently have in mm. it also. So it's a combo situation that is never made clear. Don't worry about it. Don't no, get stuck we, on it. We got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, but they want these babes <laughs> to come along to make it look like it's a casual, sexy trip and not just a, a quick like getaway because they know that the the law is on their tail. Yeah, so this is kind of um, an alibi. But at the same time, if your sexy chicks that you just met the night before... Mm-hmm walked onto your yacht for a few days there you're gonna be like there for a week or so yeah and there are now three like studs and a cat Uh uh-huh would you be a little annoyed i would say um 
excuse me? Yeah. Well, he does. No, I mean, you. in his defense, he's like, you guys all have to go. There's yeah. definitely not going to work. But then Albert comes on, bursts onto the scene and says... Mm-hmm. Albert's like the henchman. Yeah, the like feds or whatever are onto us. We got to go now. And because they don't have a crew for some reason, mm-hmm. they decide they're all going to go because we meet the captain of the boat. Who is an uber babe named Rachel. <laughs> yeah, she just happens to be a babe too. And she's like, look, we could use these able-bodied uh, studs, especially that one there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, yeah. they realize, hey, we got to get going now or we're going to get busted. Mm-hmm. And he's like, throw the cat overboard and... Uh, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. She's the blonde one, not the she curly one. She plays up, you know, no, 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 no. It's it's the cat is part of me now, basically, and we have to stay together. Although up to this point, every shot is this cat struggling oh, against yeah. her. With, I love that. With claws, and she's in a bikini, too, so it's like clearly tearing at her flesh. And George Kennedy is not happy about no. any of this range. This is the guy that plays Mike? Yeah, he calls them all punks, which it, cracks me up. They're not punks. They're hardcore preps. No, but as um, as an old dude, uh-huh. you couldn't be more old by calling anybody in their 20s punks. We should do that. We should start calling people punks. Those kids who live like three houses down are they punks. They are punks, actually. They are. Punks in like the non-cool punk way. Yeah. In like the <laughs> fart sound way. Yeah. We should also get a little insight into our captain. Her name is Rachel. Like we said, she's a babe. Mm-hmm. I mean, but she's not like a sexy babe like the others. She's like the, um, she can fix a truck kind of babe. She is. She's also a nice person and just like. Doing her own well, normal thing. Well, she's not thing. wandering around in a bikini being like, oh, guys. We uh, learned that her father was the owner of this boat or this yacht at some point, mm-hmm. And she's trying to earn the yacht back somehow from yeah. Walter. I, it's who knows what actually the story is, but she wants to to get this yacht back. And that's why she's there against her better judgment. And the teens can only stay there. Not teens. I guess they're all college students. The Like 20-somethings. They can only stay there if they, like, pull their weight and have to be more crew. So Bobby, the smart one, makes an arrangement with Walter. And basically, like, you can stay on this ship as long as all of you pull your weight. So you're going to have jobs. And then Mike, uh, George Kennedy, comes in and is like, you, you're the cook. You're the maid. Blah, blah, blah. You're all a bunch of punks. And then walks off. And then they do some jobs. Like, they're going to they're gonna do their part. But... Bobby and Suzanne, really, all they want to do is just party, party. Well, my favorite part is when the guys are doing their jobs, which they're really moaning about, and it's simply just cleaning dishes. Yeah. Uh, the girls come in, and they're like, we'll make it worth your while. And they unbutton their shirts, but show no boobs. Yeah. And they only are, like, flirting with two of these guys, whose names are Corey and Lance. I don't know if that matters. And then the biology guy is just left out well after they've done some of their jobs their party is going to commence because that's all these people really want to do is party down on a yacht that's why they agreed to go they didn't want to just work the whole time that's dumb so they start partying but we immediately cut to a scene where walter who's trying to be cool with all the 20 year olds is drunk already and they're all around him hearing one of his really funny stories Mm mm-hmm I do like that he's holding a banana while he's, he's telling like the story. He's eating a banana forever. <laughs> Who drinks and eats a banana? Yeah. And and then Suzanne, the cat, comes along and she holds it up in Walter's face. And he's like, get that thing away from me. Fair enough. Why did it not attack him right then? I think the cat was still making its judgment. That's true. The cat really does like Nothing exercise. Cat, yeah. It's uh, restrained. Restraint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We should also say that Albert, who the henchman, is now upstairs and for no apparent reason steer, steering the ship. I don't know He's where they drunk. The captain comes and she's flirting with the third of the like college dudes whose name is Martin. He says he's a biology major and he's one year away from getting his PhD. Yeah, that's so convenient. He instantly impresses her with that. And she's like, great, great, great. You play backgammon while we talk. And Albert's steering the ship and getting smashed and then she comes in and gets mad at albert so he wanders off and he's walking down the outside like along a deck and then sees the cat Uh yeah and he's mad because he wants his bottle of wine but the cat's there Mm -hmm. but then the cat starts to have his hairball cat come out was his (laughs) wine in the box where the cat was like nesting 
The cat nests wherever the cat wants to be. This cat gets around. Wait, Let is me tell it a you. cat or is it cats? It's cats for sure. Okay. Cats the musical? Cats yeah. on Broadway? This was the cats you never saw on Broadway. Okay. Well, oh, could you imagine a Broadway version of this where there is an actual costume? It would be insufferable. And then a dancer in like a black leotard covered in like like Vaseline has to come out and do like attack dances. I want to watch that though. I really want it. Do you think we could get the rights to this to turn it into a Broadway? I don't want to. We don't like musicals. I could write a musical. You know how there's that commercial where somebody puts a faucet down and says, build a house around this? Yes. If you gave me an orange tabby and then you squeezed its belly and then a mutant cat came out and said, build a musical around this, (laughs) I could. I could definitely do it. I have no doubt that you could. We got to talk about this casual hot tub scene. So it's the next day. (laughs) The two girls are sitting on a yacht hot tub, a yacht tub. And one of them is sitting like a normal human, and her name is curly-haired Bobby. Bobby. The other one, Suzanne, decides this is a great time to lay like a freak of nature. I think (laughs) she was told to like arch her back, but it is so painfully unnatural that it's distracting, and I have no idea what happened. It's so funny when women are like given the direction to look sexy in a very unsexy situation i I feel like the director was like archer back and she's like this is insane you know my butt and my shoulder blades are touching the and nothing else is touching anything and they're like keep going (laughs) good 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 you look great just have a normal natural conversation if my friend did that while i was talking to them i'd be like are you having an actual seizure? Should I call an ambulance? This is crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, George, who hates all the punks, yes. um, also is very dismissive of Albert. Wait, you mean Mike? Mike. Yeah, I'll call him Mike. Okay. I just know him as George, but Mike. Yes. Mike, who hates all the punks. Who doesn't? All right. those punks. He also has no problem with Albert being gone. After they discover that Albert is missing... Rachel, the captain, wants to, like, wheel about and look for him. And they Mm. try to buy her off by saying, you can have the title to this boat. But then they say, like, we've got a great payment plan. I'm not sure. (laughs) Anyway, they try to buy her off. Like, leave him. And then they're like, but wait, Albert couldn't swim anyway. So he's for sure dead. And she's like, okay, but I'm going to make a note of it. So this is why, because the captain is supposed to be, like, this virtuous person throughout. Yeah, and she's pitted against um, Mike. Who has Mike and Walter. So Rachel's unsatisfied with this situation, but there's not really much she can do. And then the third wheel, a uh, guy, you know, there's the two dudes, Corey and Lance, who've hooked up with uh, Suzanne and Bobby. And then their weird third wheel friend, Martin, the biology guy. He comes up and he's got, is it like a scrap of bloody clothing? I don't even know. <laughs> he's got it. some piece of evidence and he uses a sextant <laughs> as a microscope. Okay. I don't know how many people have seen a sextant in real life. I, I, without going into detail too much, Mm -hmm. I've seen several and handled several and see them often Mm -hmm. in my line of work. Never once have I thought you could turn it into a microscope. But it has like a binocular kind of thing. This is my question. Can you? And now... Next Were they time? MacGyvering? I kind of want to try it out. I think Martin MacGyvered this. <laughs> I kind of want to like avoid the uh, security camera and go grab one of those sextants I have access to and see if I can use it not only as a microscope, mm-hmm. but as like a high powered microscope. Try and set a leaf on fire with it. Let me know how it goes. I just was kind of amazed by this and I meant to look it up, but didn't. Okay. I, if anybody are like... Well, if you're biology, if you're about to get your PhD in biology, one year away, no you less. You should know this. You should definitely know this. Yeah. Um, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram and tell us. Yeah, sextant's totally a microscope. Doy. Anyway, he uses it as a microscope, and it's not just like uh, you know, like a low key microscope. It's able to look at the like cellular level oh, yeah, of like the blood on this awesome. cloth from Albert. And he's like, boy, this is weird. I understand facts and things about this. Hey, Martin was in uh, Demon Wind. We haven't seen that in a long time. Ooh. It's a bit of a stinker. Demon Wind. Uh, yeah, but it's got a really cool cover. And <laughs> boy, is it expensive. People will pay a lot of money for a mediocre film. 
That's weird. Anyway, Walter now tries to seduce one of the girls. I think it's Bobby. Yeah, it is. While she's doing aerobics. <laughs> and the cat is in the background watching it. It like his seduction fails and he's like, never mind, going to escalate this to rape. And as he's ready to settle in, the cat's there. Um, the partner comes in. And it's just like a big melee. Everybody runs in to this would-be rape scene. So there's a cat. There's Mike. The guys come in. Yeah, well, and Bobby, who he's attacking, who Walter's attacking. Yeah, she's friendly with a cat. I was talking about Martin Bean and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't actually talked about what anybody was in, but they've all done stuff. They, yes. This wasn't their one-time roles. No. Uh, Bobby was in, well, she was in Zombie High, but the one that I was really like, oh, interesting. I want to rewatch it is Waxwork. Oh. I've really been wanting to watch it. And a couple podcasts, Super Tat did an episode on it. Neon Brainiacs just did an episode on it. We mm-hmm. have it sitting right there. It's a great film yeah. that a lot of people overlook. Um, but she was in that. And now okay. I'm like, dang, I want to I want to watch it. Okay. So anyway, um, the partner, Mike, comes in and he shoots uh, the dude, Lance, who's one of the bros, one of the preppy bros. Broskies. And then the cat bites his ankle. Oh, this is really cool. He bites him in the, like, Achilles tendon. This would suck. Yeah. So that goes badly. There's some, actually, one of the redeeming qualities of this film is the gore. It's pretty good gore. Fun effects, really cheesy, but they don't hold back on the blood. Right. Which I read... Um, it's like pulsating. I read that, that the director, you know, rented this yacht for $15,000. And all I could think is, I bet they were really careful with the way the blood spilled out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's they, definitely a big yacht. And they use a lot of blood. Yes. So Rachel, the captain, comes in, sees what's going on, and she goes upstairs to, or up to the, like, I don't know, on the poop, on the prow, one of those places on mm. the ship. The bow. Bow, prow, poop. That's all I know. <laughs> Poop's my favorite, obviously. She goes to call for help. And Walter comes up and he's like, no, I'm going to shoot people if this boat doesn't start. You got to go. Because also, for some reason, the boat's not working. I think the cat had something to do with it. Yeah, there was a scene where the cat chewed the wires. right, right, right. right. Like like it's a rat. Hmm. Um, Walter is flipping out. He is so obsessed with getting to the Cayman Islands because that's where all his money is. And he's like, if we don't get there, I'm screwed. He is. Well, it's true. It's true. Do you we remember didn't... when we went down there and your brother tried to open a bank account? Okay. We've talked about my brother here before. He is... Your brother is so cool. He's pretty odd. <laughs> uh, in a in the best possible way. He makes me look normal. But he... Uh, when we... We were on a cruise. And he went... When we were in Grand Cayman, he was like, I'm going to go... I'm going to go, guys. And while everybody else was snorkeling, he tried to go get... a. A bank account. <laughs> <laughs> he seriously tried to set up a bank account in the Cayman Islands. Yes, he really did. He failed, though, because he was missing some documentation, even though he had done research in advance to try and make it happen. Yeah, do you remember what but, happened afterwards? What? Well, he was pretty disappointed, so we all went to Senior Frogs and got <laughs> margaritas. <laughs> the best part is that my parents, my pastor dad and pastor's wife mom were there. And Senior Frogs is not a place for a pastor and his wife. You know, they were totally cool, man. They were Jimmy buffing it. Oh, they were. My dad's got a little tinge of Jimmy Buffett at all times. For sure, yeah. yeah. So uh, Walter also at this point shoots the radio. So the boat doesn't work and they cannot call for help. Right, except the the women step up here. This is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So Rachel overpowers him. With a fire extinguisher. Takes the gun, hands it to Suzanne and is like, shoot this dude in the in the balls if he tries anything, which is pretty awesome. Like I they guess. put him in his place really fast. And All this guy wants to do is just party hardy. Yes. And then this is also the point where we learn the biology guy tells us that the cat's bite is also poisonous. He's figured it all out from using the sextant as a microscope. He has figured out that this can be transmitted, that it can be um, transmitted through food, but not if it's only on the skin. It has to be. I mean, he's got it all figured out. Yeah. It's like years of scientific data has been compressed into one peak in a sextant. (laughs) I will say this guy is believable as being one semester away from his PhD. For sure. (laughs) This is the real deal. Yeah. 
Okay. So, anyway, cat. he says the cat has a mutation, something about steroids, something about contagions. blah 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 Meanwhile, George, or not George, Mike. Mike, his body, what's his, it doing? It starts bubbling, and mm-hmm. it's like the veins start bulging. This is pretty it's like cool. like pulsating. At first, I, I thought, as the cat... Okay, oh, we should talk about this. This is the first time watch for you. Yes. This is the second time watch, and I don't remember. I mean, I remembered a couple scenes, but I don't remember any of it, really. So I forgot. Yes. And I thought the cat was inside of him. I seriously, I told you, I said, when I saw one of those weird blisters, I was like, please tell me a kitten comes out of that blister. <laughs> like please tell me style. a kitten comes, comes yeah. out. Hello, my baby. Hello, oh, my darling. Would, wouldn't that be great? Nope. Oh, imagine if the cat came out with a little top hat and, uh, you know. Stay. Nah. You're thinking about it right now, aren't you? If, if that's how kittens were born, people wouldn't like cats so much. I'll tell you that much. People would love cats if they came out with top hats and They canes. would not love cats if they came out of human blisters. Oh, no, no. That, they wouldn't like that. Okay. But imagine if a mama cat just gave birth and, like, all nine cats just came out singing and dancing. Gross. Okay. Anyway, Mike dies. Boom. And they throw the body <laughs> overboard. Yeah, it's really convenient. Burial at sea is super convenient. Yeah. It's done. Shark bait. They kind of lock Walter in his room with the preppy guy, Corey. And the captain and the biology guy, Martin, are, like, starting to kindle some feelings for each other. Oh, and the cat, meanwhile, like, it just makes its way around the ship. It's just watching. But I love how every time it's, like, like, sneaking around, there's this great little theme that's always playing. Yeah. It's the cat's theme. Yes. It's really, it's so good. It's I would describe it as the cat's meow, but this is what it is. I love it. It's fun. It was really fun. So, okay. So Walter and the prep dude, Corey, are in the room. And Walter's trying to, like, get on the good side of the prep dude. He gives him a weird Rolex watch and a wad of cash and asks him to, like, help him reach the Cayman Islands. Like, he needs a new ally. I'm going to stop you there. This was going to be a fun fact, but not. Mm -hmm. Going to hold it. Okay. Did you recognize Corey? He was familiar, but it also, he looked like he thought a lot of himself. Okay, well, he should. Beyond George oh. Kennedy, this is the dude. Okay, what's he I from? was like, I kind of think I know this guy from somewhere. Please tell me he's from Witchboard. No. Darn it. No, sadly. Okay. He has not been victim to progressive entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a plug. You guys should go listen to our Witchboard episode. Yeah. I love that movie. Okay. So good. No. Okay, Corey the Jock okay. that we're talking about right uh-huh. now. His real name's Rob Estes. He was in so much stuff. He was in Suddenly Susan. He was in the 90210 reboot. But... He was in 45 episodes of Days of Our Lives. Okay. 96 episodes of Melrose Place. Okay. Main cast. I haven't watched any of these things. And here you go. What? This one you watched religiously when we first met. <laughs> I'm sure I've never seen it just by your delivery. No, this one, you have a tattoo of it. 100 episodes of Silk Stockings. <laughs> He's the lead. He's the other stocking. He's one of the two stockings. I totally have watched Silk Stockings because, first of all, it was on USA, which I was one of the 13 channels I yeah. had. And secondly, because my parents were like, you cannot watch it. So he'd sneak Silk Stockings. But he had black hair in that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He looks much different. He's okay. all chiseled and like hunky. But yeah. I, when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And when I looked up his credits, I was like... Oh, this is like TV royalty. Silk stockings. Okay. <laughs> this is, but, but luckily he has in his credits a forever linked to his name. Uninvited. uninvited. Not to be confused with the uninvited. Oh, definitely not. Okay, so cat watching, whatever. Oh, and then he makes out with Susan because this is a great time to make out with somebody, I guess. For sure. Well, actually, if you're a horny 20-year-old boy, who knows? Also, they really downplayed this. For this type of movie, I was expecting it to be a bit more like nudity and partying. There is like a brief glimpse. That's it. Yeah. Like they really dropped the ball as far as an 80s movies go. Just a tiny little nip slip, I think, and <laughs> yeah. we're good. Rachel also cannot fix the boat. She's very frustrated She's with the situation. Super, I feel for her. I'm that same way with like um trying to make a picture frame even on the wall. 
I, I would have a flip out too. Yes. And then let's check in with Lance. Remember, he was shot in the arm by Mike, the guy who was shark bait most recently. <laughs> sure. Uh, Old shark bait Mike. Yeah, it was like a just a flesh wound. And he's he's laying there with his arm bandaged, talking to uh, Bobby, the curly haired girl. And they're like starting to make out. But he's like, I don't have any feeling in my arm. And then she kind of moves the blanket and surprise, the cat's eating his arm. I loved this scene <laughs> so much. This was amazing. So his arm gets eaten, which is so funny. And then he flips out like he's a zombie. Mm-hmm. He runs to the deck and he's like, he starts screaming, I got poison in my blood mm-hmm. so many times. So much blood poison. We get huh? it, dude, because this is what he says. Okay, yeah. He's, he's panicking. You got poison in your blood. And then he jumps overboard, and uh-huh. some reason Bobby falls overboard with him? Yeah, it's they just tumble. Okay, but I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why does she never come back up? Because two of the people jump in after her. Sharkbait. They can't find her. Nope. Don't Even ask- if you knocked yourself out... You would have been pretty easy to find right away. You would just... Maybe she's really muscular, and because we saw her working out. Maybe she had the ankle weights on, and she's just more <laughs> dense, and she just sunk deeper. She had two weights in her hands and yeah. ankle weights, and she was like, ah, and then just sunk right to the bottom. Yep, Jason problem style. solved. Yeah. Okay, so they're gone. Goodbye, and then now all night everybody is pondering. What, what's happening? What are we going to do? Also, they've run out of fresh water and their food supplies are suddenly low. Okay, let's pause here and take a moment to say we have been on a boat from Florida to Grand Cayman. Mm-hmm. We made stops along the way. Right. It was two days. We have stops along the way. We stopped in Mexico first. Right. You have problems with this? I'm just going to say starvation. I mean, I guess they're floating, so they're not, like, in control of their boat. No, because there's a scene where uh, Albert, before he went crazy when he was drunk, remember, set them way off course. Okay. And uh, Rachel was like, I don't even know where we're at now. I'm going to have to try and figure out where we're at. Okay, that's fair. This is a lock-solid script. Even with that said, I feel like it's a pretty well-traveled area. (laughs) That's true. It's very high. We were like, oh, look, there's Cuba in the distance as we were cruising by. Yeah. Whatever. So uh, they're out of water. They're out of food. Martin and Rachel are, they're the smarter ones because he's close to a PhD and she's captain of a ship. They're they're like, we're going to fix this. We're going to solve this problem. Uh, Walter and Corey, the two, the prep guy and the owner of the boat, they're going to look for the cat, and Susan's supposed to keep watch. This is their plan of action. Except Susan at this point has lost her mind mm-hmm. and is basically a tiny toddler who refuses to take any direction. She really can't handle any level of adversity. She's gone. This is the ultimate case of hangry, by the way, because she hasn't... <laughs> had, no, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Because she has not had food in, like, three hours, uh-huh. and they've been told... Oh, because there's a scene where the cat broke in and ate all the food. Mm -hmm. Because the food's contaminated, she can't have it. And the second she finds out she can't snack a little, Mm -hmm. this is where she loses her mind and shuts down. Well, they're down to eating cornflakes and champagne. And for some reason, they're mixing them. I don't know. I love it. Wait, we recently did one where there was cornflakes on fire. So they're down to cornflakes and champagne. Susan is not okay with that. Cornflakes and champagne sounds like a Beck song. It does. <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yes. That's like a B-side that never Perfect. happened. Okay. Perfect. Okay, so Corey and Walter, they leave poison fish chunks because they want to kill the cat. And then they also end up shooting at the cat, but they hit the boiler. So things go from bad to worse. The the prep guy, Corey, ends up burned. Would you call that the money shot? For this film? For sure. Yeah. His face starts melting. It's great. Actually, the gore in this is great. It's pretty gross. Yeah, so he he gets a melted face. And he dies. And guess what he gets? Hmm. Burial at sea. (laughs) He's shark bait. (laughs) We should have a shark bait count. Uh, 
Oh, okay. what does our shark bait count for I this think film? it's one, two... Well, we've got the hot tub drowning guy. Uh-huh. Albert. Mm-hmm. Cor- Bobby and... Bobby, Lance, Corey. We're at five. Five. Okay. We'll stop there. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Susan continues to go down her little goth crazy tube. She's well, like, we're all going to die. Blah, we're blah, only blah. now down to Rachel, Susan, Walter, and Martin. That's it from this... Huge, yeah. like, ensemble cast. Walter and Rachel get into a fight, and Rachel uh, leaves the keys. Susan grabs... <laughs> and well, she's angry, remember? Yes. Susan here freaks out, and she grabs the food that the cat had gotten into and eats it. This is food that we know because Martin, the biology student, used the sextant to figure out all of the complexities of this virus Mm -hmm. or mutation, whatever. This is what he discovered, is if you grab a piece of cloth that has a little blood on it, Mm -hmm. you put it under a sextant, you can discover that if a cat, Mm -hmm. who he's deduced is now a mutant cat, Mm -hmm. nibbles on a cracker, if you eat that cracker... You will die. You're going to die. He's figured that all out. Done. This dude is definitely going to like be teaching it at Yale or Princeton. Mm-hmm. So Ivy League like deducing qualities. Yeah. So Susan munches some uh, cat leftovers while the cat watches like Dr. Evil and is like, yes. I love that the cat's like. <laughs> yep. Susan's neck pulsates and she dies while the cat watches. She conveniently dies while holding a light on the wound only. So she's <laughs> like, like in the dark. Ultimate actress move. <laughs> yeah. But imagine if you got bit on the leg but held the light only up at your face. Yeah. Instead, she gets bit on the neck and only holds the light at her neck the entire shot. Yeah. That's great. It's fabulous. It's pretty cool. After she's dead, there's a storm, because obviously there's a storm. It's an 80s movie. You need a storm. There's a hole in the ship. Do you know what caused this hole in the ship? Was it the boiler exploding? Yeah. Oh, no. It was when, um, what's his face? Uh, face melt started shooting wildly. Remember, he shot through the oh, yeah, yeah. side of the mm-hmm. boat. Okay. That's a mighty big hole. It's like a bigger than a fist-sized hole. And it's inward, so whatever. Okay. Maybe it isn't, but I feel like it is in my memory. Well. Let's go with that. So everyone is getting ready to get on the lifeboat. Meanwhile, Walter is trying to grab all the briefcases with millions in them. Okay. This scene, Mm -hmm. there's now a storm. Mm -hmm. And the boat is taking on uh, water. Mm Mm-hmm. It cuts to my favorite probably shot. I mean, beyond like the gore, but my favorite shot that made me laugh almost to the point of crying is there's like lightning and then there is clearly just a little kid's model. Oh, it's real like, bad. Like floating, which almost looks like a bathtub. And that is the scene we get of the yacht sinking and taking on water, uh-huh. which we'll get a couple times. And that is when I'm going to give you uh, this episode's Fun fact. Oh, snap. I've been waiting. (laughs) The fun fact is, this is a model, and this was shot in the director's pool in his backyard. What? (laughs) Really? I love this shot so much. (laughs) Like, they didn't even try on this. No, no, no. I think they tried real hard. I I loved it it so much. (laughs) It's very obviously a model. Oh, yeah. There's no question. Like, this is seriously the type of film I made when I was, like, 10 with my friend. it's fabulous. It is so great. Okay, so, um, oh, Walter goes back for the third briefcase because obviously he only has two hands, so he can only carry one million in each. He has to go back, get the third briefcase. I would go back for an extra million dollars. I don't know. If I was worried about being attacked by a cat and a cat, I'd I'd be happy with two million. Well, that cat and a cat's got uh, something to to hack up. Yep. (laughs) Hacks up. We see it in all its glory. Yeah. Oh, I'll give that, too, to this film, is they do not uh, <laughs> shy away from their... They're very proud of their special effects. Uh-huh. And I'm very proud to watch it. <laughs> this scene is great. Cat changes multiple sizes and uh, comes out and kills Walter. 
Yep. Bye, Walter. Bye, Walter. So the uh, biology guy, Martin, and Captain Rachel leave. They escape on a lifeboat. Yep. The ship sinks, but they... The model. The model takes on water and sinks right here, and it is adorable. It's real cute. It's like a little kid playing with a toy in a bathtub. Yeah, it's like when our daughters made that movie. Yeah, it is. That you very uh, masterfully edited for them. It is just like that movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, Rachel and Martin find the money. And then the cat flies them for an attack, but it's a double time attack. It is funny because they open up the briefcase, and this is why I asked this earlier. Okay. Rachel goes, there must be a million dollars here. Okay, well, you're in a storm. You just saw a couple bills, and you've um, figured out that there's exactly a million dollars in here. I would have guessed like $500 in here. Yeah, I would have been like... Boy, there's some money in here. Maybe it'll pay for a plane ticket home. Okay, I read a review uh-huh. that said basically the end of this film, like, dropped the ball. And I... Were they smoking crack? Because... This made the movie. This made the movie. For anybody who has watched this and given up on it, yep. you missed out big time. Holy smokes. The cat attack, which is like... The slasher um, cliche of, like, it comes back to life and yeah. attacks. Okay, imagine Jason Voorhees, like, opening his eyes and coming mm-hmm. back. But instead of Jason, it's a mutant cat swimming in the ocean <laughs> and then flying at you on a lifeboat uh-huh. multiple times. I love that this happened a few times. Like, they didn't just do it once. No. So they're like, oh, snap. That cat wants on this boat. So what they do is they take the briefcase, dump the million dollars into a duffel bag, toss the briefcase out into the water and the cat's like cool 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 i'll just hold on to this instead of coming for you i also like how excited they get about planning for the future as the cat is trying to kill them yeah they're like there must be a million dollars we could buy a whole boat we could do all kinds of cool stuff and the cat's like the whole time at them and they're just like scheming about their future it's so cool it's okay though because they they have a future they make it they They make make it it to the shore but so does the briefcase. Well, they make it to the shore and we get a really great little cameo. I don't know if you noticed this one. What? They see this other captain and they're telling him the story. Oh, I thought it was like a police chief. It's like a Caribbean captain. Okay. It's Austin Stoker from Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He definitely was familiar, but I never would have placed him. Yeah, I placed him because I um, you recently just watched, watched that yeah. recently again. And so I was like, hey, wait a minute. And so anyway, after they talk to him, yeah, we get the final scene is worth its weight in gold. It's like sleepaway camp when Angela just stands there frozen, revealing that Angela's more than they thought. Yeah. And instead of standing there with penis, you're standing there with a mutant cat. Yeah. So it's just a boy holding. It's a totally different cat. It doesn't look like the orange cat. It doesn't look like the vomited up teratoma cat. It's just a different cat. I think it's supposed to be the inner cat because that's the one that was but attacking But it doesn't. Them. It's like a sleek black cat. The cat that's been puking out of the other cats like this, I don't know, like frazzled brown cat <laughs> that looks like hey, a rat. It's been through a lot. <laughs> I guess. And it freeze frames on the boy and then does like three close-ups of it. Of, it, of the boy like hunched over, frozen, staring at the camera like Angela. Dude, this finishes strong. <laughs> we left so hard at the end of this. Just like, what? That's it. That's uninvited. Man, a oh. terror at sea film. I have a question for you. I've got an answer. What did you think of this film? I loved it. Of course you loved <laughs> it. so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Laser Graves approved. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How could we not approve uninvited a cat puking out a cat and killing everyone? <laughs> this is no way. Is... So this was released on Blu-ray, which cracks me up. Oh. Apparently it looks really good, too. And there's a um, director commentary <laughs> yes. that's supposed to be very funny. Um not because he's funny, but because he takes it really seriously and talks oh, through the whole thing. No. Yeah, there's this whole subplot about a conversation about how this represents AIDS and dealing with it and all that. <gasps> it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, then I feel like such a turd. No, don't. Um, just enjoy Uninvited for what it is, because <laughs> I think he was uh, BSing his way through it afterwards. <laughs> anyway, 
we could have probably done a totally different read on this. I just didn't care that much. I think we should. I just wanted to watch it and talk about it as we saw it. I don't need to know all the the scoop. Is the cat supposed to be like an STD? I think so. I think that's kind of it. Well, revisionist history. It's it's great when a film flops and then you go, actually, you didn't even get what I was trying to say. But using a cat, that's like putting the blame on women because we know what... Mm. Never mind. I take it back. Oh, this got deep. We're going to do an uninvited part two where we just revisit it. Yeah. Anyway, if you guys want to see it on Blu-ray, apparently it's out there. We don't have it. Um, No. I would like to think, because we're an 80s podcast, we don't watch modern reproductions of it with commentary. We have to just accept it as it was presented in the 80s. And make our wild guesses as we go. What would you say that this film is a metaphor for? I would say... Maybe like um, you get what you deserve in the end. I think Walter's kind of the the story here that greed will get you. Mm-hmm. And then the only other one that really gives into greed is um, the jock from Silk Stockings. And he gets what he deserves too. So I feel like it's kind of like if you don't make the right decision, you die. And that's why the only two people who survived were really the ones with the most redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, Deep. it's definitely a moral story. Deep. And one that you should watch and probably show all your children to teach them yeah. right from wrong. Well, the best movies are the movies that tell us how to live our lives and uh, really like to preach at us. Yeah, I feel like if this was a He-Man episode, the little creature would come on and be like, let's talk about this episode. Yeah. You shouldn't value money over human life. It's true, though. No amount of shark bait is worth your life. Oh, it's true. Yeah, so anyway... That's Uninvited. I hope you like what you heard. I hope you check it out. I'm sure it's streaming. It's uh, definitely picked up over the years and become a fun one and a little cult classic. If you want to follow us, we're on Instagram at Laser Graves. You can uh, stream our episodes, all our other episodes, anywhere you get podcasts. So Podbean, Spotify, uh, anywhere, actually. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to follow us on Instagram, our personal sites, I'm at death at 33 RPM. I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer. And thanks for listening. I mean, um, this was no golden child, but it was something. It was. Twas indeed. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Uh, go pet your oh, cat. Do you hear that in the distance? What is it? It's like somebody else has something to say to you. Oh,